You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Greetings, greetings beautiful people. My name is Simon Javan Okelo. I am excited to be here with you for another amazing episode. I think this is episode 292, 292 of the African Father in America podcast. As usual, we have an amazing African proverb that uh, is all the way from South Africa and uh, we are going to talk a little more about it if you're joining us on youtube thank you so much uh, i would love for you to subscribe to the channel and uh, if you are joining us on clubhouse thank you so much i am going to bring on my guest today in a moment i'm going to bring on my guest here in a moment uh, so bear with me as uh, i situate myself here hey Marsha, how are you doing I'm well, thank you, Simon. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we are live already, so. Oh, I see. No problem. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I. In your title, I said Bambokazi Squad. You know, because I like that hashtag. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank you. Yeah. For my <laughs> the the, the yeah. hashtag for my tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we will talk about your tribe a little bit, a, a, a little bit, because I think it's. It's an important tribe. I just thank you for making the time for joining us today. Uh, for those who are meeting Masha for the first time, uh, you know, Masha is an incredible uh, community leader here in Seattle, Washington, and also, you know, in the motherland. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about, uh, you know, uh, what this proverb uh, from South Africa means to Masha. We are going to talk about uh, a childhood story that uh, you know, continues to inspire Marsha as she's doing the work in the tech industry, uh, building community and, uh, you know, being a, a mother to two beautiful children uh, and really, really being an inspiration to me. You know, you really, uh, you know, you, you inspire me the way you show up for a lot of the things that I do. Uh, I just want you to know you're one of my inspirations here in Seattle. I love it when they inspired, inspired the inspirer. <laughs> you inspire That's true. Too, so it's mutual. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and then we are going to invite a few people who are going to join us on Clubhouse uh, for today's conversation, just for them to uh, engage, give us their own thoughts on the proverb and uh, a few comments to you. Uh, but I want to share three nuggets of wisdom that my team and I prepared uh, for today's uh, proverb. Again, if you are just joining us, the proverb we are discussing today is from South Africa. It says that do not call a dog with a, with, with a whip in your hand. Do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. That's going to be our proverb. Uh, the three nuggets of wisdom we have today are as follows. Before I do that, I just want to welcome Mike and Oga who have joined us uh, on Clubhouse and also uh, to everyone who is on YouTube, I can't tell who you are, but if you comment, I'll be able to tell and we can engage you in the conversation. Number one uh, of the three nuggets of wisdom says that do not, do not be too quick to anger, you know. Take a step back and assess the situation before reacting, you know. A lot of things these days are actually designed to make us react, you know. So just being aware about that is really important. Number two, do not try to do everything on your own. You know, ask for help when needed. Uh, this is something I think I struggle with sometimes. I want to uh, do things to a certain standard. And before I feel like I've found someone who can also do things to that standard, I feel like I always want to do them myself. And uh, lately I'm learning that unless I ask for help, I'm going to be stuck in the same place, you know. <laughs> and then number three, be mindful of how you treat others, you know. Uh, as you may never know what someone is dealing with behind closed doors. That's really, really important. I think uh, you can assess that for yourself. You know, uh, a lot of the time you don't know uh, what someone is going through until they tell you. So just being mindful about that is really, really important. So Masha, I want to bring you, uh, you know, on so that you can also share, first of all, uh, you know, 
your the work that you've done in the community here is commendable you know you are the pioneers of the uh, Washington state coalition of african leaders uh, you know you are one of the leaders in the Zimbab Zimbab zimbabwean community uh, you are connecting the african and african american communities so i just want you to add anything that i might have missed uh, in introducing you and then share with us your thoughts on this proverb Thank you so much, Simon. Thanks for being here. And in terms of connecting people, again, I, you know, you and I share that in common. And for me, I've been a resident of this Pacific Northwest area for about 30 years. So in arriving, you know, here, I was a young student, actually. Um, well, I'd been in Canada for a while, but uh, being in this area where when you leave Africa, where you have a community, you have a home, you then have to create your own community as an immigrant, a new person in this um, in this new life. And, and I think I've always had the community building um, example set. My grandfather was like a community leader. He was a church leader, a church planter um, in terms of uh, just... Uh, our home, his home was like a place where everybody would gather, come, meals would be ready. I've heard you talk about your mom the same way. She sounds a lot like my grandfather. So, you know, as we go through life and we move away from the homes we grew up in, we take some of those values with us um, knowingly and unknowingly. So I think it's always been in my blood because I'm a lot like uh, my parents and more, more importantly, my dad, he was just a people connector, loved people. Um, and as I became a parent and more importantly, a single mom, it became more important for that uh, community building to have, because it takes a village to raise children. And as a person raising two kids by myself, I want them to stay connected and for people to stay connected, but it's, it's all happened organically. So yes, you know, the Washington Coalition of African Leaders um, came about um, as well as just staying connected with other uh, immigrants from other African countries. And it's work that I'm actually thinking in 2023, I'll be really um, expanding on that and building almost a think tank. There's an idea that me and a partner will have been talking about on how do we move this from just being communities um, connecting, but really having a think tank for um, African leadership and, and um, for African entrepreneurs, ways to connect and things like that. So that's what I'll be doing in the future. But I also work in the technical field, as you mentioned, uh, by day. But all those um, elements connect um, to to really just uh, put me in places where you know I'm able to to cross the community work that I do um, and bring some of of those um, experiences and skill sets into my my career life as well. So it, it all just helps me become a better person. So I'm thankful. As you take a sip of your coffee. I know, I know. I've had this coffee for like one hour and I finally thought about it. I've been setting up for this show and sometimes you just have to, yeah, you just have to, you know, do what's most important. Uh, but this coffee is equally important. <laughs> no, this work you do is important, Simon. I think, yeah. you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. I know. And being able to connect people, whether it's through proverbs and yeah. you know, it may seem like it's a small thing. Uh, but proverbs connect us, you know, and when I look at the proverb today about, you know, not, um, do not call a dog with a whip in your hand, there's an equivalent one in Zimbabwe, which says you have to hide the whip, you know, in order to hit the dog, because otherwise if it sees the whip, it will run away. So, um, you know, we can talk more about that, but all this work that, you know, you are doing, it's, it's so important and I commend you for, you know, these early mornings or day in, day out and everything that you're doing with, uh, with uh, Vibe, Vibe Africa. It's really one Vibe Africa. It's, it's commendable. Thank you. I deeply appreciate that, Masha. Yeah, you know, uh, it's work that takes conviction. You know, if you're not convicted, you can't do it because, uh, you know, 
I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Uh, but now, you know, I, I, love, uh, I love listening to you talk, you know. I feel that you should have your own podcast, by the way. You should have... <laughs> I know you're busy, but your voice is really, really uh, critical, especially now, you know. Uh, now that we're having the African immigrant population uh, outside of Africa uh, in, the, in the diaspora is growing really, really fast, you know. And soon, uh, you know, our own children will literally be... Uh, be running companies here in the U.S. They'll be running organizations here in the U.S. And I feel that we are paving the way, you know, uh, just like our parents and our grandparents did, you know. Um, and I feel that you represent this a lot. And I, in, in, in the African Father in America podcast, I always ask guests this question, a story, a childhood story that uh you know, keeps you driven, you know. I normally share this story of when I was eight and I was given a bike to distribute milk and bread in my neighborhood by my mother. And uh, I always wonder, you know, for example, for you, where were you around that time? And what are some of the things that were going on around you that when, you know, when you think about those moments uh, here in Seattle, you feel like, okay, I'll not just go to my tech job and, uh, and then you know, uh, uh, stay within my own household. But there are certain events that must have happened that continue driving you to uh, be who you are today in the community. So share with us a story. Uh, and also, before you do that, I just want to welcome Omni uh, Shads. Uh, is joining us from the UK. And I see that Dr. Latanya is here too, Latanya Stevens, uh, and Lita. Brother, uh, thank you all. Melissa is here, and I also see Ram, Aji, and Lavenda. Thank you all for being here. Take a second and share the link to the Clubhouse Conversation. And if you are on YouTube, I see that we have quite a few people there. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to share with us in the comments what is it about this conversation that is moving you where you are right now, or what is it about this proverb that is inspiring you. Share with us. Uh, Masha, I'll pass you the microphone. Thank you so much. So in 1980, uh, that is when I was about seven years old, Zimbabwe had formerly been Rhodesia and uh, run by the colonial, you know, under the colonial rule of the British. And that was the transition year that it became Zimbabwe and the independence um, became real, you know, became it became independent from the British. So it was an electric time. Um, you know, I was young, but I remember the hope and the excitement our parents had. You know, there'd been so many restrictions on where families could live. Um, and the white rule was, you know, was just what was the reality of uh, the Zimbabweans uh, up until then. So there was just so much hope and Bob Marley came to perform at the big Rufaro Stadium, which is the big stadium sort of in the ghetto area. And our parents were so excited and they were impromptu celebrations in the streets and motorcades that, you know, I remember just our parents just driving around, you know, in honking horns and it was very celebratory. So that time just shaped, you know, a lot of us who were there um, in those, those uh, that around that time, in that time of transition, we really were left with the, the, the uh, mindset that we anything is possible. The world has opened up. We can live where we want. Our parents really showed us we could go to schools that we hadn't been allowed to go to before because of um, the, the political situation that was there. So that's that is the, the story that I think shapes who I am today, just being in that time of transition and seeing from the time of uh, colonial rule and then now being able to, and my parents really endeavored to send me to one of the best schools in Africa, really. I went to a girls' school, which is an elite school, and they really just wanted the best for us. Started, you know, and my parents both worked hard, wanted the best for us kids. So it really shaped and drove, you know, for me personally, to really aspire to just 
do the best in life and not take anything for granted because the, those opportunities had not been there. They really jumped on them and made sure that they really created a life for us that was um, that was you know a really good upbringing, if I do say so myself. So that's my childhood story. And yes, you know, now the political situation in Zimbabwe is, um, is not so great, but the people continue to have that same resilience and the same fight, you know, in them to just wanting, let's just, how do we create a better life for ourselves and, um, and stay driven in that, that is the takeaway I keep with me, even in, you know, when we're in the diaspora, I was just watching a documentary that a school friend of mine, somebody I went to high school with, uh, she just won an award. There's a documentary called Transitions, and she talks about the billions of dollars that are being sent by the diaspora to Africa and follow some of those stories. So I would really love for you to connect with her and um, talk about this, this documentary. But being out here in the diaspora, we have such a big role to play in financing, helping our families back home and really being focused on how do you create a better life for ourselves and for our children. But now we also have all the responsibilities of people back home um, looking to us to say, hey, you know, um, you are out there, the expectations they have and being able to to do what we can for them as well. So. I agree 100%. You know, I agree. Uh, I agree. And I can't imagine seeing uh, what you saw, you know. <laughs> and uh, I wonder if you were there when Bob Marley was actually in Zimbabwe. I have I, I have met a few people who are there, uh, not in Zimbabwe. I'm telling you, Bob Marley coming to Africa was like Mansa Musa going to Mecca, you know. <laughs> because every country Bob Marley passed through, he actually left a lot of initiatives, a lot of inspired people. For example, the reggae scene in Kenya, which is probably the biggest outside of Jamaica, you know. Uh, he, he helped start, he helped actually personally buy the first sound system equipment for some of the DJs there that have gone out to continue building that industry in Kenya until now. I interviewed one of the people that he met uh, when he was in Kenya, uh, and uh, he was on his way to Zimbabwe, you know, and I was just really, really surprised that there's a lot of information that people have that unless you interview them, unless you talk to them, you won't know what really happened around those years, you know, because not everything is in books, you know. So for me, that's also another value of this African Father in America podcast. It allows me to uh, have this kind of conversations and then connect with other people. For example, now I want to connect with your friend that you just talked about. We have to bring her on the show so that she can talk about the documentary that she has created. I'm really, really interested in, in the data, you know, of, of how much exactly does the diaspora send uh, back to Kenya, to to Africa, you know, and how can we also invest this in a in a in a more brilliant way as a collective, you know? Uh, how can we build industries that are initiated by the diaspora, you know, uh, where we go back to the continent, not to send money individually to our families and friends, but we take a portion of that once we know what the total that we send is. And we invest it on something that we can say that, you know, there's this company that was started in the diaspora that invests in infrastructure in Africa, in hospitals in Africa, you know, something major, you know. I the think Indians it's possible. Are doing, yes, it's possible. Yeah, the yeah. Indians are showing, the Indians are doing that. And yeah. Yeah, this movie is backed by with research by Harvard University, so I'll be happy to connect you with Rumbi. But what you're saying, and, you know, when you talk of the legacy of Bob Marley, until today, you know, he's remembered because of the things that he was doing to build for future generations and to really leave a legacy that, you know, that outlived him. And I think that's something I keep thinking for myself, too, is what is the legacy we leave for our children? What are the things that we do that outlive us? How do we make a difference in the lives of others with, you know, what we have? Um, it doesn't always mean that, you know, we have each, each whatever little we have, each of us, but collectively, um, what can we do? So it really brings me to, um, 
some thoughts I had on the on the proverb because I feel like sometimes Africa has been dealt, you know, these whips where you know we've just been loyal puppies going through life, embracing, welcoming these colonizers, really not realizing, you know, the the, the whips that would follow and the harm that it would cause us, and so that is where when i looked at the proverb do not call a dog with a whip in your hand i almost feel like sometimes africa has been you know almost um what's the word i'm looking for uh having these curveballs and uh you know we're just going through life trusting welcoming and um being a loyal almost a, a dog really going through being just being ourselves and then the whips come out you know from the colonizers and we are suddenly taken off guard and taken advantage of because i feel like you know the like i said there's an equivalent in zimbabwe which says um a dog is hit you cannot hit a dog unless you're hiding the whip because sometimes you know you you when you're a loyal trusting person and i can use this in my own personal life because I've been in, in, you know, in relationships and in situations, even professionally, where I'm so trusting, I'm going through life, and then there are these whips that are hidden that you don't see, and the, the harm that for, for others who are coming in, um, taking advantage, but you don't see it because you're just a loyal, trusting dog going through life, being, hey, you know, um, just uh, being a friendly, help, you know, helpful dog, trying to be loyal to the master, and then the whip, you know, the whips come out. So I hope I'm not uh, overcomplicating it, but you no, know, yeah, the, no. just what you said, you know, yeah. that, that was a concept that I thought about when I was looking at this uh, proverb. Do yeah. not let me look it up again. Do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, hundred uh, percent. And I also feel that uh, when it comes to even community projects, you know, for example, you have been to Kijiji Night that I have been producing at the Seattle Art Museum or Madaraka Festival. Uh, a lot of the time when you're doing public things like that, it's also risky to talk about it early because it's like you've taken out the whip and you, you've seen the dog and you're, you're, you're you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're you're celebrating before the party starts, you know, uh, and a lot of the time that is when people can sabotage what you're planning. Uh, if you have an idea and you share it out there, uh, there are people that are also looking for ideas to just uh, copy, you know. So uh, this proverb also speaks to that, but also it speaks to a lot of the things you have done in the community. And I want you to just speak about some of your work, you know, when you look at what you've done with the African, uh, with the Washington Coalition of African Leaders. Uh, recently, you produced an amazing event for the Zimbabwean community. Currently, you're involved with something at Garfield, Garfield High School. You are always doing something, you know. Um, I don't even know what you're doing uh, back in Africa, but when you look at what you've been doing over the last year, what is it that makes you really, really proud that you want to share with us uh, in this moment? Yes, so I'm actually um, on several boards that um, are doing very, very major work in Africa. So I'm in the Rotary, the organization Rotary International. And I, I've been in Rotary for a long time. So I'm on the board with the Seattle Four Rotary Club, which is one of the biggest in the world. It's actually called Seattle Four because it was the fourth uh, Rotary Club that was uh, set up uh, over 100 years ago. And so the, um, well, maybe less than 100. <laughs> but the, the concept of Rotary is that, you know, professionals come together and they pull their resources to do projects, you know, all over the world um, the, and give back. And so I do a lot of work and I'm on the on the board for Rotary, for the Seattle Rotary for this year, the governance board. But within the Rotary organization, there's a, an organization called Malaria Partners International, which is sort of a, a break breakaway organization, uh, which works uh, with Rotarians all over the world to fight malaria. So they're doing, we're doing 
amazing projects, mostly um, through small grants that we give to different. And obviously, malaria is prevalent in southern, you know, it's in, in the southern hemisphere of, uh, of Africa. That's where you've got the the most uh, incident, incidence of malaria. So that work, and we work in partnership with the Gates Foundation. But again, in doing that work, sometimes you know you feel ambivalent because there's a lot that goes in and you go behind the scenes, there's a lot of research, but sometimes it almost feels like right now, Africa, you know, there's a lot of need for skill sets to be uh, increased, people to get more access to funding. But sometimes as you are on the behind the scenes for some of these organizations, it almost seems like it doesn't move fast enough for the needs, you know, unfortunately. Uh, and that's just the nature of how things are. But, um, but yeah, that's, I get impatient because I almost feel like, you know, obviously more needs to be done. But the people that have the funds, that have the power, you know, they're doing their best. But sometimes it almost feels like they are, they, the, the whole system is, is just not not fast enough for for where we need to be so hopefully there can be ways that we figure out like i said in how do we really empower the people and that's those are things that rotary and uh, mpi is working to to do better how do we get the skill sets how do you empower the local people to be able to um, find solutions to these issues and that was the premise within which we created the coalition of african leaders the coalition of african leaders in washington was also starting to say how for the issues that we run into as immigrants here in Washington state, we have all these different communities trying to figure things out. How do we work together um, in using sort of our leaders, the people that are really the leaders and the trusted messengers in all these communities coming together, finding solutions for these issues. And we are now in a, a place where there are resources available to be able to to, to find some of those solutions and people don't always know um, about those. So for instance, the city of Seattle has uh, some funding available for community building events just for that very reason of realizing that, especially after COVID, communities and people were just um, scattered and really needing some strengthening and some uh, coming together. So there was a fund that there are funds beyond just within King County, within uh, the city of Seattle. There are funds that these uh, government entities set aside to be able to support. And so we took advantage of applying for some of those community building funds. Um, and I applied on behalf of our Zimbabwe community. And I um, advised other communities um, that we collaborate with. And we were able to be granted some of those grants to really build community building uh, events. And it's because the city realizes that they can't do these things by themselves. So now they give the funds to the communities to say, you are the ones who know each other. You're the ones who know your needs. You know, go ahead and how do we strengthen your community? How do we support you? So that's been just a brilliant idea. And some of those programs are continuing. And I just love the concept that, you know, they, and it's similar to what Rotary does. It's similar to what Malaria Partners is doing, they have these grants that they then give to the communities to say, hey, if, why don't you pay people to clean the streets in the slums so that we can be fighting malaria? What are the things that we can do? Why don't you have education about malaria in the markets in West Africa? So they give the money to the small communities to be able to fight and find solutions for, for those issues within the community. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for all the amazing work that you do. Uh, I deeply appreciate it. I wanted to talk about uh, Zimbabwean food, you know. Uh, so uh, maybe you'll tell me a little bit about that in a moment. I, I want to know about your, your favorite Zimbabwean food. Uh, I know somebody who lived in Zimbabwe for a while and they're claiming that they make really good Zimbabwean food. So <laughs> I want to hear what you love uh, to eat, uh, especially when you go back home. But I want to take a few minutes to welcome, uh, you know, our friends who are going to contribute their voices to today's conversation. I see that Lavender is here and we'll start with you, Lavender. Just briefly share where you are what today's proverb means to you. And uh, if you have a brief comment to Marsha, feel free to also share. The proverb says that do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. And it's a South African 
proverb. So uh, I would love for you to share with us in just a second what this proverb means to you. But for those who are with us on YouTube, I want to make sure you subscribe uh, to the channel and also give this video a thumbs up. Uh, and if you are on Clubhouse, share the link to this conversation uh, on Twitter and other platforms uh, so that we can continue growing this beautiful community that we've been building over the last two years. Hey, Lavender, I'll pass you the microphone. Thanks a lot. Hi, Simon. Hi, Marsha. It's amazing to hear your voice and learn from you. Um, it, uh, like when I learn about some of the things you um, had to do or you've achieved, I get so inspired because um, the world is changing rapidly and some of the things you've done sounds so huge and unachievable, but I'm a dreamer and a doer at the same time, so who knows? <laughs> uh, my thoughts about today's proverb, do not call a dog with a whip in your hand, is uh, what comes to mind is that um, you attract or uh, you get what you give in life. When we give positive energy, when we are always smiling, that's what we get in return. And when we um, give negativity or bad energy to other people, that's what we get in return. Thank you, Simon. I leave my sharing at that thank you again fantastic i agree i agree we'll go to ram ram aji quickly masha take a few notes uh and just uh you know uh remember some of the nuggets that are being shared here so that you can reflect once we go through all our friends who are uh, with us right now on clubhouse on the clubhouse stage uh ram uh, thank you again for joining us uh, i'll pass you the microphone Uh, thank you, thank you, my brother. I am uh, happy to be here. All of the pleasure. My name is Ram Haji from Uganda, and I'm a big fan of um, this specific session where we actually go through proverbs. I am a firm believer of uh, proverbs not being what they actually seem on the surface. There's always deeper meaning. And uh, in Uganda, in the region I come from, in Buganda, we have that saying in my local dialect we say uh meaning in proverbs so uh oftentimes i try to also look for all sorts of angles because a statement like that could go many many ways so yeah briefly just to um appreciate people who already shared in the space uh like lavender said very inspiring to listen to you melissa and uh thank you all for uh stepping on the stage Finally, a shout out to my friend Chads, who's uh, also just joined us here. It's been a while, and I'm um, looking forward to reconnecting with you all. So specifically about the, the quote, rather the proverb, do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. It, uh, in my perspective, it calls for winning in silence. It calls for being strategic. It calls for... Um, uh, always uh, putting the thought process into something uh, and uh, not just uh, rushing into it because the other way is an assured way of failing. I think, uh, Javan, you, uh, you, 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 uh, and, uh, you underscored the importance of uh, putting out your intention and it being sabotaged even if it's just from an energy perspective. If, some, uh, if uh, you put out your intent, uh, make sure you're sharing it with people who are happy to see you achieve it. That's very, very important because uh, eventually it does affect either negatively or positively whichever plans and intentions you have. And uh, it's, 
it's always uh, in uh, in good faith that we use uh, the same term energy to uh, be supportive of uh, other people's initiatives so that we actually counterbalance the negative eye the negative eye is so strong that you <laughs> literally if somebody looked looks at you with a negative eye it has the even the power of uh, of uh, killing someone somebody can uh, as strong as they concentrate on it they can literally look and look at you and you fall down uh, head flat with nothing hitting you so it's it's that serious anyways i'd like to conclude by saying move in silence win in silence and uh, be strategic thank you so much excellent excellent thank you again uh, for your contribution uh, my brother ram aji thank you for you know being here i remember you being one of the very very first people for me to interact with on clubhouse uh, and uh, i'm just happy that you took the time to join us today uh, hey melissa how are you doing today i would love to hear your voice uh, share with us your perspective on this proverb uh you know and also if you have any comment to our guest feel free to share and also let us know where in the world you're joining us from thank you so much wonderful simon i, I have back challenged you but i'm sure you haven't had a chance to look i wanted to get the name i missed the name of the beautiful guest you Marcia. have Marcia. Marcia. yeah <laughs> Marcia, hi melissa here i, I loved listening to you my heart was just so happy my best friend is from zimbabwe and um when you mentioned think tank um i i'm like i took i said simon to be connected to her immediately because i just launched the think tank so i am um the founder of a of a global think tank here in the united states of america and um, I've been hard pressed to find another black owned one. And so when I heard you say that's what you want to do in the future, um, I want to be be at your service and make sure that that happens. Um, in my company, we don't have a competitive mindset. So um, I just would love to see somebody else with me. And I do work. My Actually, I have a satellite office in Lagos, Nigeria. So that's why Simon and I bond so much is because of, of, um, of our common love for, for Mother Africa and why I love this room. And so the proverb um, speaks to me specifically, do not call a dog with a whipping hand, um, because it, it just screams to me um, being passive aggressive and being, um, being someone who is flexing your authority on people and shutting them down. Um, and, and that's something that I need to make sure that as a leader, I just do not do. I make no room for that in my leadership style. And, um, you know, you're calling people. Um, you know, I think of uh, every, every animal is valuable. Every, all of us are valuable. We're created. And so we're supposed to be here. And so, you know, when I call people into my life to, you know, serve alongside me and my company or, you know, be a customer or do an event or just even be here on Clubhouse and follow people. Um, my mission is to be someone who is love, who is a person who adds to your life, not take away. And, you know, the, the idea of a whip, you know, especially in my culture, African-American culture, um, it has, it can have a negative connotation. It conjures um, visions of what was done to our ancestors, how they were brutalized and terrorized with that tool. And so, you know, may we, may I not participate in or be a person who uses intimidation and terror to get people to um, agree with me or to work with me? You know, may I use my influence, may I use my talents, my abilities, my intelligence to do so? And that's my contribution to this amazing topic. Thank you, Simon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, Masha, go ahead. Masha, Masha wants to say something. I was dying. I just, oh, wow. We will definitely connect when you talk of uh, flexing authority and then shutting people down and how much you, you love people and be someone who is love. We just have so much in common and our shared love for Africa. I think you talked about you and Simon having that. And that's what drives me. And when we're thinking about the future of Africa and having these these think tanks and definitely connecting and collaborating. So I'll be in contact 
So thank you for that and for Ram talking about moving and winning in silence and being strategic. We are all, you know, on this <laughs> level of um, higher thinking and I just love it. And with what Lavenda said about giving positive energy and you get positive back. Um, again, all these these ideas and mindsets are just making my blood <laughs> so warm. And Hold on. Um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a few other guests. Uh, hold on. So... <laughs> So now you will reflect on the next comments. Uh, Brother Arthur, just briefly, and then Dr. Latanya, and then Manon, uh, Shads, and Sarah, and then lastly, Stella. So we'll quickly come to you, Brother Arthur. Thank you so much, Marsha. <laughs> Peace and love, family. This Brother Arthur, I'm coming from the North Carolina Territory, and uh, beautiful conversation as always, Simon, and, you know, just, you know, gratitude for you taking the time and shining the light on a lot of uh, people that's doing different work and, you know, just uh, giving them an opportunity to share their story and help open up people's eyes to what's really going on in the world. And honors to the sister for all that she is doing and will uh, continue to do. And as for the proverb, what I would say, um, do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. And it's two things that makes me think of. The first thing is, it's an old saying where uh, you can attract more flies with sugar than vinegar. And um, me, uh, and then also, this made me think about a reflect back where uh, I, was, I was in a relationship, I was in a situation and there was some children involved. And the woman, she used to, the way she raised the children was with the whip or through fear. And the way that I interacted with the children was through love. She never could figure out why did the children take to me so much or why did they always want to be around me or, or, you know, why we were so close because, you know, I didn't have to rule them with fear. I ruled them with love. And, and that's what the, the proverb says to me. You know, um, don't you don't have to, uh, like you said, use a power, authority, and force to get the results you need. You know, it's a way that you could do it in love. And I'll park my plane right there. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love. Peace and love to you, brother. I thank you for your contribution. Uh, hey, Dr. Latanya, how are you doing? Uh, share with us your perspectives as well. Thank you, Mr. Simon. Um, I, I, it had me reflect because today is voting day and there are a lot of people of influence and people with power. And if we vote for the wrong ones, we're in a lot of trouble. And so right now I'm paying attention to those who do have whips in their hands, um, that we not vote for them because they're going to cause harm. Um, and so I'm looking at it from another angle and perspective because everybody else covered some of the other ones. But I'm looking on the reverse side, who to look out for and what to watch for, for those who have whips in their hand, ready and loaded to cause damage. And so that's my take on it for this morning. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Manon, how are you? Briefly share with us your own perspective on the proverb and share where you're joining us from. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, thank you, uh, Simon, and uh, thank you also for our, our guests and the people in the space who are just listening and uh, listening with a wonderful contribution here regarding the proper of today, which is actually very interesting. Do not uh, put a dog with a weapon uh, in your hands. Um, the way I think about it actually is, I think about it in two ways, you know, when I see the Africa leadership uh, across the continent and, and, and the way they are leading uh, our people, it, it doesn't show the leadership style that actually is more friendly or is more uh, focused on problem solving for Africans and, and, and love the people that they are leading. And, and this is the one of the issues that we're facing in Africa in terms of leadership. You know, we have a leadership that actually authoritarian that take the power for granted and, and expensive of suffering of the people that 
they, they claim to be represented or to live in Africa across the continent. And, and, and that is the, the, the way that I see it. And the other way also, I look into our relationship with the Western Wall or so-called Wallop Wall, you know, or, you know, if you look into it, there is two advantages being taken on Africa in terms of resource, in terms of the sustainability and, and, and prosperity of Africa economically, you know, there's, there's much of advantage being taken in Africa and uh, Africa became a milk it, you know, in order for the, those, those developed countries to survive in expense of our suffering in Africa. And, and that is also representing that we, uh, we are not uh, focusing on how to become more creative an environment of creativity, an environment of building friendly, lovely, and building the community that should not live in fear. But the more our community are living in fear, incompetency, because they, they feel weak, you know, because there's no leader to give them the energy that they should be in power and they should uh, and they should have the energy that they can move the force that can develop Afri Africa to become a land of attraction, a land of peace, a land of harmony, a land of prosperity and progress, you know, and that's the way I can uh, I can refer into this property and it is very great, you know, because the dog, the dog is friendly, but if you have a, a whip in your hand, you call the dog, mm. probably the dog going to run away from you from the fear, you know, and, and if you want to be friendly with the dog, then you should not threat, you should not threaten him before even you call him to be a friend, you know, so, so, so that's the way I see it. And I think it's a good, it's a good profit. And, uh, and I see a lot of people contribute to it. Uh, coming to us as a diaspora here, myself, I speak to myself, I'm interesting to make it different in my capacity in Africa in any way I can. And I think we in Africa, we need in, in diaspora community, we need to challenge ourselves if the Jewish community globally make it to have a very great country in Middle East, within the the, the Middle East, and and the Jewish state was created on the on, 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 on the diaspora community, uh, organize themselves and develop this country and become even a, a developed country within the third world country. You know, you can see how how the powerful the diaspora force, the diaspora scale can do it. And I think we cannot do it when we keep ourselves continue to live in exile without pretending back home with the skill that we learn and how we can apply those skills and how we can educate our people. And, and, in, and the history is very clear. African uh, independence, early 50s and 60s, was the result of the diaspora. Uh, educators who came in overseas and then they went back and, and talking about independent of Africa. That's where the emergence emar of African independent came about it. So I think in, 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 in 21st century Africa community, we have a huge population in diaspora. And I think the best way we can help Africa is to think about opposite returning back home and, 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 and apply the skill that we have. And I think we can make a difference within our continent. Thank you. I agree. I agree. Shads, what do you think? What do you think uh, of the proverb? Uh, and also briefly, Shavi, that's where you are. Any comment to Marsha? Sweet, sweet, sweet greetings, everyone. I'm sending you big, big, big virtual hugs. I'm loving your time zones. Simon, it's always amazing to hear your voice. Marsha, we appreciate your wisdom, your voice. Honestly, you have literally like woken up <laughs> all my sisters in me. I'm just so excited to just read more about Africa and hearing your voice, it's been, it's been a blessing. Um, Ram, it's always amazing to hear from you and everyone that's contributed so far. Absolutely amazing insights and your wisdom is very appreciated. I am from the UK. I'm originally from Uganda. I'm living in the UK right now, going through <laughs> this um, financial crisis that we're all going through. But um, this, this proverb, this football actually brought up a lot, a lot of what you've all shared already um, about our governments and how they can entice us and, you know, to vote for them and give us, to like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then when they're in power, they're doing the whipping, you know. Um, um, but it also made me think of um, being a mother or being a, an older sister in, in a sense and positive reinforcement um, so the proverb, let me just reread the proverb. Do not call a dog with a whip in your hand. So 
recently I've just been, I've realized that all the little aggression or, or dis- aggression in my disciplining is not working with my, with my nephew or my little brother. So positive reinforcement is what is actually getting them to respond more um, and react in a way that is actually showing progress. So I feel like if we, if I was to continue being, you know, I don't know, just acting the way my parents used to act, it wouldn't really help them grow in, in the way they, they need to be in this generation in this time. Um, and I know a lot of us, a lot of us do that. We, we tend to think if we do the things, the way, things, the way our parents and our grandparents did it, that, you know, maybe they'll be okay, but no, it's time for a change, uh, new generations. Um, and positive reinforcement, that's what's been running through my mind the whole time. Um, and I think that is what I'm going to say. I don't want to take up too much time. I really want to hear more from... Masha. From Masha. <laughs> yeah, Masha, we are coming to you. <laughs> hey, hey, Shad, it's just beautiful to hear your voice. And, uh, I, you know, I could talk for a long time about everything you shared. I'll hit you up, actually. I would love to host you as a guest soon, too. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Uh, what are your perspective on the proverb? And uh, thank you again for everything that you're doing uh, to support us here with the daily African proverbs, uh, Madaraka, you know. Uh, the mic is yours. Thanks, Simon. Um, I might be a little noisy. I'm just coming into work. But um, I first just wanted to start with some gratitude and just say, Thank you um, to everyone that's shared already. It's actually really inspiring. It's been a few months since I've been able to join. And so to kind of start my morning with hearing everyone's beautiful stories about what's going on uh, globally, but also in your local communities. Um, and then, you know, of course, what's, um, sorry, <laughs> I also took the stairs. Uh, what's come to mind you know, for everybody in regards to this proverb, I do feel like um, a lot of what's already been said is kind of what came to my mind. And I think just to kind of hone in, um, for me specifically, it kind of just made me think and reflect on the role I play in society. And, um, and then just like the fluidity of that. So, you know, sometimes I find myself you know, taking more of a leadership role, um, but sometimes I I do feel like I am the dog as well. You know, I I um, and I think understanding those those roles is important, and also kind of uh, along the lines of what um, um, Lavender shared, where you know, do unto others as you would like you know like to be done on upon you, um, and just like leading with positivity is really important um, because if if I am the one that's going to be following, um, I do want to make sure that and that I'm, you know, also treated appropriately. And, you know, just reflecting in the times where um, I have had to, um, you know, follow. I, I do know that, you know, the, the, the leaders who are more stern and strict and kind of come out with their whips, um, I tend to kind of hide and, 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 and just, don't really want to uh, be supportive or, or, you know, be very obedient. And so um, this this has really helped me kind of reflect in that and um, just really inspired me as well. And I think everything that I was really um, thinking hard about was mostly um, uh, what Melissa said. And, and I, I appreciate everyone's words and I just want to thank you and, um, yeah, I'm here in Seattle as well, and I am very supportive of, of all the African events um, going on here, but also globally, and really uh, spent a lot of time in Malawi, so that's kind of my second home, and I just want to thank you all. Thanks for sharing, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a nice day. Thank you for, you know, stopping by and... Uh, you know, jumping on the mic, even though you are, you just went up the stairs and you're you're suffering there. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Stella, Stella, uh, share with us your perspective, and then Marsha, just uh, reflect on what what 
what, what you'd like to and uh, also remember to share how we can stay connected with you and how we can support uh, the incredible work that you're doing. Uh, Stella, how are you doing? Share with us your thoughts. Stella must be far away from her microphone. So I just want to make sure all of you who are listening on Clubhouse are aware that I'm really, really grateful for your time, your continued support. Uh, really, really, it's, it's uh, you know, just me saying this is probably not enough, uh, but I just want you to know I am deeply, deeply grateful. And the same applies to everyone on YouTube. You know, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel and give this video a thumbs up. If you're on Clubhouse, I would love for you to follow me if you're not following me yet. That's one of the ways that you can, uh, you know, join us. You can be notified that this room is live. Uh, I rarely come to Clubhouse these days. I primarily use Clubhouse for recording the African Father in America podcast. And uh, so, you know, if you want to connect with me, this is a really perfect way to do it. 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday to Friday. Uh, a shout out to Sambaza Podcast, who is also another big supporter of the show. Richmo and Doug and Robert, I see you. Uh, everyone else in the, in, the, in the room, thank you so much. Uh, Masha. Thank you. I will echo the gratitude, Simon, um, you and your squad, your supporters. <laughs> That's why I also talk of Mambokazi squad. So people can follow me on Instagram at Mambokazi because we, you know, what we share is what we want to celebrate. Um, I think Melissa talked about that. And um, you, with the themes that were for all the speakers, Brother Earth, Man and Shad, Sarah, everybody, there's uh, a theme of uh, you know, just not doing uh, leading through fear, but with love and not using brutal tools. We've gone past that, you know, especially we've learned that that doesn't work. Us as the future, we need to now be focusing on solving problems with love, as Manon said, and empowering our communities not to feel weak, but organize ourselves. And how do we build our strength uh, with education and empowerment? So that's what we have to be aspiring towards. And so this work you're doing, Simon, helps with that. And if each of us continues to work collectively towards that goal, uh, greetings, Sarah. I might have seen you at the Malawi event. We have our own Zimbabwe Thanksgiving um, gathering, um, again, because of the funding from the city of Seattle at Garfield Community Center at 5 p.m. on uh, the 11th, November 11th, this Saturday. If any of you are available, Garfield Community Center in Seattle, please stop by. We'll just be giving gratitude. Uh, it's just a, a community building event to connect and be, be sharing love and gratitude. Thank you for this time. Fantastic. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? I think we need to make sure people can follow you there. Uh, just say it one more time. Yes, Instagram is at Mambokazi, M-A-M-B-O-K-A-D-Z-I. I'm also on LinkedIn with my first and last name. People can find me, Marsha Mutisi, M-A-R-S-H-A, last name, M-U-T-I-S-I. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. So if you want uh, real feedback, if you want transparency, you should follow Marsha. She loves, uh, she's an, you know, a beautiful, wonderful sister, uh, someone who will give you feedback and help you grow if that's what you really want. I think that's what, I, I think that's the biggest value I've heard from you where, when I do something good in the community, you tell me this was good. When I do something that needs to be improved, you say that one you need to do some work on. So uh, I can never forget those moments. And uh, I thank you for taking the time this morning. It means a lot. I know it's just before we begin our day, you know. The pleasure is mine. Yeah, now I have to commute to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, be safe. And uh, to everyone else joining us today on Clubhouse, on YouTube, join us tomorrow again, same time, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. There's something incredible we are doing. Uh, my nonprofit organization is called One Vibe Africa. We are present in Kenya and also here in Seattle, Washington. In Kenya, what we have is an education, music, and art program where we teach young people, you know, music skills, uh, music production, film production. And currently we are partnering with another amazing organization called Mama Hope. And we are doing this campaign called uh, Put Your Mouth, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. <laughs> so tomorrow we are hosting someone from Mama Hope on the show. And uh, this is a young uh, 
individual from Kenya who is doing amazing work, you know. We always love collaborating with young people because they teach us a lot. So if you want to learn about this campaign, put your mouth where your money, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, it's a campaign where we're actually going after some of these big foundations, big corporations who are always saying we are going to help Africa. And then they 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 hire experts. They pay people a lot of money. They build big offices that African people can't even access. Uh, we are telling them, no, don't do that. Give the money to African people so that African people can solve their own problems. So if you want to be involved in that, uh, if you want to learn more about what we are doing there, join us tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm also learning really about how Mama Hope has been doing this consistently. You know, we are just coming on and being involved now. With that, uh, thank you again and have a beautiful uh, day and take great care of yourself. See you all tomorrow. Peace and love. African father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokello live from Seattle.